You are listening to Backstage Pass Podcast, hosted by Hannah Trigwell and brought to you by Tommy. Janet Devlin, hello. When you first started out, what did you, did you busk? Did you? When I very, 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 very first started, I was like 15. Um, I started on YouTube. I posted covers from my front room when I was 15. Right. And that led to one of them doing well. I got like 20, 30,000 views. And in the early days of YouTube, this was like that tw- was big. 2010. I was like, oh, <laughs> don't, I'll, sorry, I can't hear you over the sound of I'm an internet celebrity. Um, so it did, it did really well. But then um, my mum basically was just, this is how the whole X Factor thing happened. She's just like, uh, why don't you send one of your videos into X Factor? They're taking video auditions. And I was like, oh, I don't know. She's like, what's the worst that can happen? They were saying no. And I was like, Fair enough, Patricia, with that logic, go on ahead. Uh, so she sent the video in. Just such a great name. I know, Patricia. Pat. <laughs> I love I her love pieces. That. When we were like writing a song together, like ages ago, and yeah. you said something like, you were like, okay, Patricia, you're like talking about some story that had happened. And you said, okay, Patricia. And I was thinking, is that like, you know, when people say, okay, Karen? Yeah. <laughs> I have okay Karen's my mom so much though. Great name. Yeah, sorry, I just completely interrupted oh, no. your story about X Factor then. Oh no, honestly, it just like X Factor was a thing. It's one of those things that like, you know, the ball started rolling and I was just constantly waiting for like so when's when's the, when's somebody gonna slap me and wake me up because like this is going well. Um so then after the show, um a few record companies offered me contracts, but none of them respected the fact that I wanted to be an artist. Like, I actually wanted to write my own stuff. Everybody was like, here, we'll compile an album for you. You'll sing it, you'll do well. And then on the next record, you can write your own stuff. And I'm like, oh, so you mean when I flop on my butthole, then I can write my own stuff. Cool story, bruh. So I didn't do that. Um, I then crowdfunded um, my first album through through Patreon, through... um, Pledge? Pledge, that's the one. Uh, which is now unfortunately shot it stopped being a thing which yeah. honest to god breaks my heart because I love that site I've released yeah, like great. three or four things on there now so it's like I'm sad about it but like when I first did that it was br- like the whole crowdfunding notion was a really brand new thing like I did a CNN interview humble brag um and they were like wow. yeah they were was like it just slightly bigger than this <laughs> <Just weave it. laughs> but like I well we don't live in America so I never got to really watch it somebody just posted it on YouTube after okay um right. but it was like they were interviewing me and a bunch of ones for the from record companies and stuff and they were like um so they're saying that um, crowdfunding might be the new way forward of the music industry. So we sat down with some experts. And you had like people from like Sony and they're like, no, it will never be bigger than the record companies. It will never take on. And I'm like, hey, I'm making it up. <laughs> wow. And then fast forward like three or four years and, and crowdfunding is being embraced Massive. by the record companies. Record companies are making their own artists crowdfund their own albums and stuff. And I'm like, I'm not saying that I'm a genius <laughs> <laughs> but like I loved it I loved that I loved the community element of it and I think with things like Pledge and stuff you got a lot of fans that weren't even your fans they were just fans mm. of the the crowdfunding way of music and I, and I thought that was yeah. really fun what's been the difference between um, crowdfunding and not for you 
I, I think it's just different in the sense of I'm so used to, like, plugging a link. Yeah, being right. like, hey guys, if you want to go get this, go check out my exclusive goodies. Woo. And sending people to like a specific site. And now it's just very different because I feel in some ways people are more likely to support a crowdfunded project than they are for me to be like, mm. hey, go buy my album or go pre-order my album. Because I definitely notice the numbers are different. Like, I'd love to sit here and say I've got as many pre-orders as I would have had Um supporters uh, on a crowdfund but it's not the numbers are very very different um and i think Mm. that just shows like how amazing people can be you know because i think in a way me just kind of putting an itunes link out maybe makes people think that i'm doing really well because it's not a crowdfund and i'm like guys i'm still i'm I'm still i'm still (laughs) a struggling independent artist can we please pre-order this thing (laughs) thanks um, but it, yeah it's definitely different and I, I wouldn't rule it out like doing it again in the future but like I think mm. I'd try and you know maybe use Patreon to somehow do like a crowdfunded thing because um, yeah. I think it would be possible and I, uh, that's the difference really is the fact that I, I joined Patreon anyway so it's it's kind of a different it's kind of like yeah crowd supporting but like career-wise not just like objective-wise I suppose so tell us about your album oh gosh oh there's oh gosh oh golly gee <laughs> uh, by the time it comes out I'll have been working on it for like six years which is crazy wow I know um so it's a book isn't there as well it's like yeah. not just an album it's, it's it's kind of like an experience oh yeah the John Dolan experience um it's a, it's a lot but it's um it's a big concept album really um, I think after um, the last record got put out, you know, my my personal life started to do the decline. It was doing that anyway. And I went through a lot of stuff, um, even before TV. So my my life has been kind of an uphill struggle. I feel like I'm on the I'm on the home straight now. We're doing good. I'm in a good place now with my life and everything that's going on. But um, for a few years, it was really it was really hard. Um, yeah. I think I got the concept idea when I got, I think I was about six months sober. Um, and I was like, oh, I think, <laughs> I think like I can maybe write down all of the things that I've been through uh, to make me feel better about what's happened, but also share it with people. So it's like going back to that, the practice of confessions where, you know, mm-hmm. you tell it you're admitting it to yourself by saying it out loud. You're admitting it to another person, which holds you accountable to what you did. And then, if you yeah. want, if you want to, you can bring in, you know, a third party, the good lord. If you want, <laughs> it's not a necessity. But it, it was like this notion of like by sharing what you've done that you can actually move forward. You know, I'm like a million times spiritually lighter from like getting those yeah, things down on paper. But there was yeah. a few times where I was, yeah, really fighting with myself, being like. I haven't even really admitted that this thing happened, and I'm I'm gonna re- I'm gonna ta- mm. and you know it's bad when your editor emails you and he's like, "Are you sure you want to put that in the book?" <laughs> that happened like six times, by the way. And but that the- kind of shows that you you've been personally open, and I think that really leads into you having such a devoted fan base oh for sure like 
I never in a million years thought that anybody would care about this kind of stuff or like mm. like every time I've been like super honest I've I've been really surprised that it's been received well yeah and there's such a fear isn't there before you do something like that there's such a fear that like <laughs> yeah. this could potentially end it or this is the moment that's breaking it this is it this yeah. is when I'm gonna get like 20,000 people unfollow me at once and yeah. like oh my god but it absolutely. never happens it no, never happens and but I think do you ever do the... it shows you're a real person you know have you ever done the post and then close your laptop and walk away yeah <laughs> That's my favourite move. I'm like, I'm going to the cinema. Bye. I think for me, what made me really especially want to be honest was the fact that, like, that video of my audition still gets watched to this day and still gets discovered to this day, which is phenomenal. And it's, like, my best form of PR. But I think the downside is that um, some people really watch that and believe that, like, I'm some sort of above people person that like I can do no wrong that I'm 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 like such a pure little human that must be protected at all costs and like unscathed by the world because I'm from the middle of nowhere and I don't know what real life is um and I just wanted to really I think I get joy out of uh smashing illusions I really do like whenever somebody has a preconceived idea of me that's incorrect I'm like what have I told you (laughs) that that's not true so but I I like that it's if people have like a certain idea of who I am I think I I think I like when people realize that you can't judge a book by its cover you know Mm. like uh, I because uh, I think people do this like way too much and you can either choose to buy into it like I could live my whole life pretending I'm a holier than thy person and yeah. that I'm clean and pristine and and like that that's how it felt for me for years as well like just um because when people would be like oh do you drink do you smoke do you do drugs I'm like no 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 I'm clean living blah, blah, blah. It, it's like they're like oh she's so pure well and it's like no it's because I'm an alcoholic <laughs> I know a lot of artists who it our extremes of those so like mm-hmm. either either really go along with the you know I, I've never had a bad thought in my life yeah I've never even thought about thing let alone done about thing yeah versus people who are completely the other way and just super open about any any bad thing that they've that they've ever thought or said or done um like for me I, I had a moment a couple of well maybe like a few years ago now actually when I was like um I realized that I wasn't swearing online uh, to, to be to be respectful to my parents basically um yeah. because and it's not that my parents don't swear it's just that if like every time I was about to to like drop an f-bomb or anything I would have this oh but I don't you know if my <laughs> if my dad sees this or, <laughs> or if my mom they might think that it's not great to do that on online you know yes yeah no I, totally, I, I was like it. actually my god like I'm I'm grown like I'm an adult I should yeah. I should either choose to to be this like perfect thing that like never swears and is like super nice about everything all the time or mm. just be myself and I just yeah. knew that if I continued to censor myself completely all the time that 
would burn me out online. Like it's I, the pressure. Um, the pressure yeah. of that is like astronomical. Like yeah. to try and be something that you're not, and like I still live under a bit of that pressure of like. Yeah, absolutely. The the weight. I feel like sometimes as well. Like I live in the shadow of my younger self as well. Like <laughs> because people love sixteen year old me so much that it's like. I can't live up to my younger self, guys. Like, <laughs> this isn't fair. Like, this. That's when you appear and, like. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know. So I'm not going to, like, put words into your mouth, but I don't know how, like, X Factor or any other TV show edits things to look a certain way, but mm. we only saw a tiny bit of you as well. Yeah, literally. Um, it's, it's, it really is a case of, like, um, I think I've seen it more with other contestants, I'm not going to say like who but like you'd see how you were there and you were in the moment and you were present and then you Mm. watched how it was edited and you're like this is this exact (laughs) not how that went down okay (laughs) you know um i think that's you know well that is what's scary about it like the amount of times where somebody said something about what's happened on that show and i've gone oh no that's like it actually didn't happen like this this is how it happened and they freak out they're like Mm. are you kidding me i'm like i don't know how to tell you this but it's tv it's yeah. it's it's not that deep i mean i tried to quit music for and i lasted three days <laughs> but i think that's because you love music Gen- genuinely love it that but it taught me the biggest lesson of my life because i was like no i can't do it anymore i can't do it i'm not putting this album out i don't want to be a f- i don't want to like lead people down like i'm not I'm not supposed to be an artist. This isn't my way of life and X, all of these things. So I made it literally in those three days as well. I literally was like, oh, so I can, I can start this wee side project. Oh, bluegrass band. And oh, I can always (laughs) call your man and we can do some stuff together. And oh, I could definitely play a wee gig there. Couldn't I like that? I'm like, Janet, you haven't even quit music. Like you dope. (laughs) You absolute dope. Like, so you know, after those three days, I was like, no, I actually love this more than life itself. Like, congratulations, you can't quit music. But it was the most That's a nice realisation, though. It was. Sometimes I've questioned, like, am I still, you know, if if I've put, like, a bunch of songs out and they've not done well or something, like, am I still doing this just because it feels like it's my identity and it's important to carry on? Or, like, am I doing this because I actually love music? And after only after taking breaks do I realize oh it's because I love music exactly and I think there's some people that really like frown upon an artist questioning their place in the industry and that makes me so angry because it's like what so you've never in your life thought about quitting something that you love Mm. um because for me in those three days it was the most freeing feeling for three days to be not Janet Devlin the artist yeah. But to discover that Janet Devlin, the person, is an artist. And I yeah. had I had yeah, to come yeah. back to that, go back into myself as just a person, and then go, oh no, 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 no. This is a part of me. And and yeah. I and I really, really enjoy it. And I'll keep on doing it until it stops being fun. And in those three days, obviously I reevaluated how I was working, what style I was working in, and I sat down with my teams and we discussed like ways that would you know help me enjoy what I was doing more because I I just I was doing a few bits that I wasn't that weren't bringing me joy Mm -hmm. um and obviously at the end of the day as well it is sometimes a job and there will be things that you do and you don't enjoy them yeah yeah. 
Um, that's just life. Um, but there was definitely a few bits and bobs that I was like, that is draining my soul. <laughs> so <laughs> if I could just like minimize that will be great but it was great because it opened a dialogue and it allowed me to like reevaluate things because yeah like I'm not going to be working the same way as I worked when I was 17 18 years old like I'm I'm 25 now like the way I work and how efficiently I work and and the style of working is going to be so different so I, I really needed to actually sit down and go so how how do we want this to go you know, yeah. everything yeah. just down to like when people would be calling me during the day. Cause like I was in those days getting up at 5 30, 6 a.m. Um, and then calling my day quits at about 4 30. Okay. Um, That's still I, a long day though. It is a, a very long day. It is, yeah. But like I don't, I don't mind working like that. But then I would maybe get a call at about like seven o'clock or then get an email at like midnight and I'm like, no, nope. <laughs> I saw this isn't the I I understand that like the music industry doesn't have a schedule, but like you'll get an email back at six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sometimes like I've been working on a song and I'm I'm trying to get this thing right and like and actually by the end of the day I figure out that I've I've just been doing it wrong, but I figured out the right way to do it. But it feels like the whole day was a waste. Yeah, but like you forget you wouldn't have got to the. You wouldn't have got to X if you didn't go through yeah. Y and you're like, oh. It's kind of like because I'm so used to putting everything online, if I if I don't have anything to show for the end of it, like physically, you know, yes. show. Oh, my God, I'm like, yes. oh, like today might as well have not happened. Yeah, literally. I get that with like email days or like interview days, like where you're typing or you're doing phoners and stuff. And you're like, what did I even do today? And it's like, you haven't stopped, dude. Like, yeah. chill your beans. Like... <laughs> But definitely, like, if you get used to being, especially if you're writing and recording in a productive way and you're used to, like, having, like, three or four songs done in a week and then you you might have a week where you write no songs and you're like, oh, well, what am I doing here? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. it's, it's bizarre. It's, it's How do you find songwriting? Like, do you prefer to write with people or to write by yourself? I have two styles of writing uh or three probably so i i have where i sit at home and i write little like little ditties and i take them into a session or like i'll write a book um some lyrics and stuff and i'll take them into a session but i definitely have a bunch of songs that i never intend for anyone to ever hear um <laughs> and i that sounds terrible and people be like that's really counterproductive why would you do that and i but i just feel like there's there's some stuff that is just for me, for my soul, that I, it's like a diary that I just never, ever, ever intend to publish, you know? Yeah. Um, but I love, I think what I love about session writing and having just even one other person, it's just like, that's when my brain goes into like work mode in the sense of like, we get in, let's vibe it out, let's record something down. And at the end of the day, we walk away with a song and I love that. Like, nothing makes me happier than just, like, leaving a session with a fully recorded track. I'm like... Yeah. I'm not saying I'm killing it. <laughs> but. There was one session where I was writing about something I hadn't really dealt with yet. And it was quite a big part of my life. Something really bad happened to me when I was 15. And um, it, it, changed, it changed my life forever, basically. And um, yeah. I never properly dealt with it I always just said oh it's fine blah 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 move on <laughs> I forgive them whatever 
Uh, and then actually going into a songwriting session, I, I did a session with uh, Jonathan Cornby and Fiona Bevan, two oh, legends. Cool. I love them. Us three in a room is like one of my favourite things ever. And um, I just remember bawling my eyes out, just Aww. trying to record the vocal, like just even trying to lay down a demo before lunch or something. It was just like, I didn't realise how much pain I still had over this but I think that that's mm. beautiful because now like I hear that song and I feel like like I've I've owned that part of my life like mm. the minute that track got mastered I was like there you go like that thing that event can't hurt me anymore yeah because I've closed it off and when it goes out to the world then it's really not mine anymore is that kind of how you feel about the new the stuff on the album yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> So at the minute, I'm just waiting for that freedom, you know? Yeah. But on the 5th of June, I'm going to be a free gal. You know, I just believe everything kind of happens for a reason, so there must be a reason behind me having to do things the way that I'm going to have to do them. Um, What did you say? What's for you will never go past you. Yeah. I love that. I've never heard that before. Are you serious? What's for you will never go past you. That's like That's a phrase great. I grew up with. My parents said it. I've engraved it on the vinyl. So on one side, oh wow, it's etched in what's for you. And then the other side will never go past you. And it's it's literally the motto I've had to live my whole life by because, you know, the amount of times, like, you know, because you're an artist, the amount of times, like, you'll get told about a potential yeah. opportunity and you're like, oh, this is the big one. This is the one that makes or breaks me. And then they're like, oh, sorry, um, something's happened. And you're like, now I'm so used to that happening. and. Coming off one time in 25, 30, you know, that every time something comes along that sounds amazing, I'm just like, yeah, well, we'll see if it does. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm not holding my breath. We'll see if it happens. If it does, amazing. If it doesn't, well, it's not happened, so. This always happens in meetings where people take the mic. Yeah, like when you when you just starting out and these things are happening, it's Oof. awful. It really hurts when stuff doesn't come off. Oh, absolutely. But like, I have a rule now, and it's it's I call it like my airplane rule, where right. um, someone will be like, "Oh, yeah." If it was, for example, it's like we want you to go here and do this thing and blah blah blah, and you're like, "Oh my god, that sounds amazing!" Ah, uh, I have a rule yeah. where it's not real until I'm sitting on the plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't get excited until my butt is sat on that flight and I'm on yeah. my way there because too much stuff goes wrong. You all have to the be time. like, it's self preservation, isn't it? Absolutely. Like, because people always took the piss out of me my whole life for never getting excited. And I think it was <laughs> literally from a young age understanding that things don't always go the way they're supposed to. Mm. Like, even on TV, I remember we got good news. I can't remember what the freaking good news was, but it was something. And it was like me and the girls in my category sat down with Kelly Rowland and she said the good news and the cameras are all there. And I was just like, I was just being me. And then she was like, guys, guys, don't get too excited. You're going to scare Janet. I'm like, you're not wrong, though. <laughs> oh, that's, that's awesome. Kelly Rowland. Oh, wow. God bless her. No, she actually is a legend. I I think it was the funniest combination of two people ever. Of like, she very, she owns herself. She's confident. She's a strong woman. I think that's amazing. 16 year old me. (laughs) Uh, Just having uh, quiet, (laughs) having panic attacks, hating myself, 
thinking I'm the butt of the world's joke and nobody's telling me. Like, you couldn't have put two opposite people in a room together and just the conversations that happened and just, like, my wee petrified eyes every time she would get extroverted, just being like... <laughs> like, makes my life... <laughs> oh, God. I just... It's funny, though, to me now, like, watching back yeah. on that kind of stuff. Like, I, if, you know... What can Does it even do? feel like you when you watch that? No. Like, absolutely not. Um, it's, it's, that's what's so weird about my life, like, at the minute, is that I have this whole past that exists mm. that doesn't feel like it's like mine. You. Yeah, it's, it's like somebody took the wheel of my life for a while and it wasn't me. Um, like... Yeah, it just feels like two different people. And I went on a rant on Instagram there the other day, yesterday. (laughs) And I've never had so many DMs of people being like, yes, (laughs) because I just reached my breaking point with like middle-aged older dudes. But like, I I, nothing wrong with middle-aged or older dudes. Let me get that out of the way. A specific breed of older man who's like, I miss the young you, the, the innocent version of you, the one that I saw on television. You're hurting my feelings. You're not the same. I really have no patience for that type of man. Mm-hmm. And, like, they get annoyed anytime I show, like, confidence or especially womanhood. Like, the minute I look like a woman and not a child, they're the first ones to be like, oh, my God, you've changed. It's like... Yeah, I, I may or may not have like went on a rant of being like, yeah, I'm not the wet dream of a meek child anymore. Um, and that makes you uncomfortable. Okay, cool mm. story. What kind of hit do you get hit? Do you get a lot of hit? Um, I, I get, I get a bit. Like if if I ever post anything like vaguely to do with like sexuality, I get a lot of passages from the Bible sent to me. Um, but no, I've got like not like a lot of hate, but I have like a couple of people who are like um, very intensely aggressive to the point of like probably don't ever want to see them at a gig. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I'd be a bit worried. Yeah. Um, but, like, not not a crazy amount of hate, to be fair. Janet Devlin, what is your <laughs> track of the week? Ooh, track of the week. It's a good one. What was I listening to before I came on here? Because it was a vibe. Okay, 50-50 by Vantage. It's that, it's that little bop from none other than TikTok. Um, but it is, it's a vibe. How's it go? 50-50? by Vantage. Okay. Like, put that on and tell me you're not having a good time because you're having <laughs> a good time whether you like it or not. I'm going to check it out. <laughs> and then as a last question, what mm-hmm. is the best lesson that you've learned so far in your career? Best lesson I've learned in my career. It's a biggie. It's about being yourself. Um... Because I've watched so many people crumble under the pressure of being what people expect them to be. I've mm. fallen under the pressure of being what people expected me to be. And I th- honestly think in my life and in my career, I'm doing my best. I'm riding high when I'm being myself and I'm being wholeheartedly myself. It's the same in relationships. You know, if yeah. you're dating someone and you are 100% yourself, 
they tend to do the best, you know? Yeah. Um, so I, and I know it sounds cheesy and I know it's been said a million times, so just be yourself. And it's even more confusing when you don't know who you are. <laughs> but as long as you feel like you're not putting on an act, then you're being yourself. Like, don't think too yeah. deeply of, like, who am I at my core? <laughs> like, all that kind of stuff. Just As long as you're not pretending to be something you're not, then you're being mm-hmm. yourself. And I think the reason why I think that's so important, it's that if you if you were to write a song tomorrow and put it out and it wasn't your vision, you didn't like it and somebody else made you do it and you thought, the only reason you put it out was because you thought it would do well and it flops on its butthole, you'd be like, why did I even bother acting like someone else whereas if something is if you put something out that's wholeheartedly you that you love and you enjoy the chances of that doing better are higher and even if it doesn't do well you're still like well I stand by it I love that thing it's yeah. me and I love it and I think that's that's it because then if, if disappointment happens which sometimes inevitably it will you don't take it so personal yeah yeah and you just love the thing that you put out anyway so it kind of it kind of matters less if it's like successful exactly with other people or not. Yeah, yeah for sure and whenever somebody gives you a compliment about it you believe it because you're like yeah whereas if you put the other thing out that you don't believe in and somebody gives you a compliment you're like are you sure about that <laughs> jesus and then you start falling into imposter syndrome and everything's horrible yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah true <laughs> thanks so much for speaking to me today janet i hope you have a great day thank you and you too thanks so much for your time thanks for tuning into this episode be sure to hit subscribe and leave a comment to let us know what you think and i will see you next time on backstage pass